This is Mattercast. Real people, conversations that matter. Welcome and enjoy. This episode, I sit down and talk with Chris Finn, who's had quadriplegia since 1992. Chris is on a mission to not only walk again, but to do so with a healthy, strong, and balanced body, and he's bringing you along for the ride. We talked about so many things, from God's plan and how to roll with it when your plans go awry, the tricky ways in which the universe manifests, and the power of visualization for yourself as well as for others. It was a really enlightening conversation which helped me look at my life in a totally different perspective. Enjoy. This is Mattercast. Jeff? I'm doing very well. It's really nice to meet you kind of uh, on the online realm here. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's great to be here and I appreciate you having me on. Um, so, uh, you know, I've been really, really enjoying uh, your, your Facebook group that you got going and kind of um, the way you're living your life right now. And that's really what I want to talk about. Um, I really just want to start off sort of reminded of one of your videos where you talked about intentions. And I just kind of want to set an intention for this conversation, if you don't mind. Definitely, that sounds like a good idea. All right. So I just really hope that, you know, you and I just have a, a great communication for one, that we're able to really hear each other um, through compassionate listening with open hearts and open minds. And that um, whoever is listening to this, hears exactly what they need to hear and that maybe the same is true for us, that whatever we come across through conversation, exactly what we need to be hearing for ourselves as well. Awesome. Great, man. So um, just to kind of get things rolling, um, I would really love to sort of hear um, kind of what you're all about, what your mission is here, and um, sort of what, what you're doing in life right now. <laughs> well, right now I'm laying down, talking with you, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got a bunch of nice cushions with you, so we're all we're all set up for. We're getting co- cozy here, man, for sure. <laughs> no, well, for me, my big goal, mission, dream, however you want to phrase it, in life right now, is to have a strong, healthy, fully functioning body to walk, run, surf. And I've never surfed before, so that's that's uh, something I'd love to do. And being in California, that'd be a, it's kind of an opportune place to do that. And then maybe a little dancing along the way. Yeah. And that's all after my body suffered a spinal cord injury at the cervical fourth and fifth vertebrae back in 1992 
which resulted in quadriplegia. Wow. And um, I notice, um, not to jump in, sorry, here, I, just, I noticed you say quadriplegia. I noticed that in, in your Facebook Live video, you do have use of your arms. Is that kind of something like an ability that um, uh, has, has returned um, uh, since your initial um, injury? Not necessarily. The, every injury is different, for mm -hmm. sure. And the way the spinal cord works is when you start with the first eight vertebrae from the bottom of your skull down to just about that big bony prominence in the back of your neck, mm -hmm. which is about the cervical seventh vertebrae, and then lower, every vertebrae you go down the spinal cord at that level gives you more function. And with the way quadriplegia works is uh, that means having not full function of all four of your limbs. And I do have some use of my arms, uh, my left arm more than my right. And, but my level of injury at the fourth and fifth vertebrae is about I have the about a the same amount of movement as like the doctors would say I should have based on my level of injury. So I have a some strong biceps on my left, but not so much on my right, and uh, a little wrist function on my left, none on my right, and no triceps or finger movements or uh, a few other different muscles yet <laughs> gotcha yeah yeah and i want to get into talking about like yeah your journey is just so cool here um and so it sounds like there's just as far as where the location of the injury is it just sort of maybe causes like imbalances in what it does function in like your arms and that type of thing yeah based like if you went down one more vertebrae and if the injury was one more vertebrae lower mm -hmm. then i'd probably have full use of both biceps, maybe some close to getting some tricep muscles back and, and then go one more lower and start getting some hand function back. Wow. Um, do you mind if I ask, um, what, what were you doing when the injury occurred? It was the night of, I was an ROTC, which is Reserve Officer Training Corps in, in college my fourth year at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. And we had a military ball celebrating becoming second lieutenants in the Army after we graduated from college that year. Went out to have some drinks at the, at the bars in, in the downtown area. And afterwards went to go get some pizza. And when we got to the pizza place, I had to go to the bathroom pretty bad and uh, went into the bathroom and closed the door behind me and and got this tired wave of tiredness feeling kind of came over me and when I was going to the bathroom I kind of remember my head you know bobbing up and down a little bit like I wanted to fall asleep like if someone's getting tired their head kind of nods and what I think happened is that uh, I was going to faint or I was feeling, you know, lightheaded or like I was wanted needed to fall asleep or something. And so I put my hand up against the wall. And what I believe happened is that I fell head first into the wall 
and then what I'm gathering is that maybe my head snapped back, you know, from going head first, and then I fell onto the floor. And I don't re really remember all that, but uh, I came to and I was on the floor and couldn't move. Wow. I didn't really know why or exactly how it happened. And the doctors say it was, their theory was it's something called matrician syncope, which is basically fainting while going to the bathroom oh. and it typically happens in much older adults uh and yeah but it happened with me wow that is um that is a, that's crazy i've never heard of anything like that happening you know i've never i was not aware of that condition um you seem to be when i'm watching your facebook lives videos now one thing that really captures me is that you have such a contagious positivity, you know, and I'm sure internally, you know, that ebbs and, and, you know, has its ups and downs and all that. I'm curious, this happened in 1992. What was that like for you? I mean, that must've been extremely scary at first. What was it like? I mean, how did you find yourself now being on this journey that's just fueled by this positivity? How, how did you, how did you find your way toward that? Well, I always think, well, I, not think, I know I was a pretty positive guy even before my injury mm -hmm. and was doing a lot of things in my life that I was enjoying and loving and being involved in a lot of different activities. And so I think that was just a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And it just continued after the injury. And after the injury, you know, there was a, there was a point when, when I was – laying in the hospital bed kind of like <laughs> deja vu here today <laughs> but uh um and you know my my mom and dad were kind of sitting on the side of the bed and uh you know i just asked her why me you know mm -hmm. because uh, i it was something that i was like why would this happen to me when i you know i thought i was superman you know mr invincible athlete and uh, doing all the things that I was doing yeah. and here I am not able to move anymore and she basically said you know God has a plan for you we don't know what that is but it's up to you to discover wow and for me it's it's like at the time yeah, I didn't know any different than what the doctors were telling me. And I, uh, and they said, you know, you're going to be injured. We're going to, we'll give you some steroids to see if it'll help. And at first, <laughs> I didn't even want to take the steroids because I was like, ooh, was that going to affect my ROTC status <laughs> if I take some drugs and, sure. you know, I'm going to get tested or something. I don't, you know, that was my mind frame at, mindset at the time. I was like, well, I want to get back to what I was doing. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't realize actually the severity of like, oh, no, this is more of a, uh, you know, we're saying this is a permanent thing. How far into your, like, how long had you been in the hospital at that point? A couple of days. Yeah. So it's still, it's like, I would imagine that's, and I want to, I feel like the word denial is kind of not the best term, but I could see it's like, yeah, after a couple of days, it's like, when do I get back to my normal life? 
right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. It's, and you're worried about like getting drug tested or something and having steroids. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, I think I really didn't hear or understand the severity of my injury until at one point I was having trouble breathing and I was getting sepsis in my lungs and and basically the doctor came in and said to me at one point he's he's like Chris we need to give you a tracheotomy cut a hole in your throat so it'll allow you to breathe and we hopefully can clear the infection in your lungs and if we don't you might die how's whoa what are you what are you talking about here <laughs> I, I was planning on getting out of the hospital in a few days and uh and at that point then i was like well what's what's really going on here because at that point they had been sedating me with drugs so that I'd rest or be more comfortable and all those things and so you know in reality i didn't know exactly what was happening i think yeah. Right. So you're kind of, uh, uh, aside from this being a very new situation and a very extremely new situation, you're kind of not, you're, you're being sed kind of sedated. So it's not really until you're sort of faced with like this mortality situation. It's like, oh my gosh, it, it, it sounds like that's when it really hits you right then. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, um, you know, with your, with your mom uh, to say something like that, you know, like this is part of God's plan. How was that hearing that? I mean, was that something, was that kind of, was there any anger in you? Cause that, that, I mean, were you, were you re raised religiously where that was kind of a natural thing or how did that feel hearing that, you know, that statement? That's a good question. When, when she said it, you know, I kind of accepted it. It was like, what are you going to say when your mom says that to you? Right. right. <laughs> bunch of bs mom you know well i mean i feel like some people might you know there might be that reaction because of of the severity of the situation you know that's true and, and at the same time i think the i was brought up in a catholic environment mm -hmm. and went to a jesuit high school and you know, i think it gave us a background of it gave me a background of you know that there is a god or someone out there the universe or something out there that you know has some kind of plan for you or is, is looking out for you somehow and uh one thing one phrase that my mom used to always say and i think she still does is is like god wouldn't give you something that he didn't think you could handle yeah you know you hear a lot of people say that and yeah uh, well, here 25 years later, I think I've been handling it. But I think after my injury, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, there's no point in sitting here and dwelling over woulda, coulda, shoulda, or I have no one really to blame, like no drunk driver hit me or anything like that. Uh, and if anything, you know, maybe I could have paid more attention to my body. Um, and, but uh, it was time to move on. Uh, you know, that's where I felt, okay, well, this is where I'm at. And what can I do to move forward? Yeah. And, and move on with the rest of my life. And what am I going to do? Yeah, that's interesting you say that. It's like, I mean, because even with you, it's not like you were drunk driving or anything. You know what I mean? So it's like there's not 
another person to put blame on. And then it's not like you can really blame yourself for that either. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, that's, I could see how that could maybe push you into that direction of acceptance, but I'm really impressed by like, you seem to have this, this, um, natural kind of just, um, um, strength that, that allows that it seems what it sounds like. Yeah, of course there's some, there's some really difficult feelings. It sounds like an emotion that went on at that time, but that you sort of had this programming in you that was like, okay, what can I do with this? Do you feel like you were, that you, that you were always that way growing up? I mean, is that, is that kind of, you think part of being raised as a Catholic? I mean, were your parents influential in that? Or is that just part of your natural being like your natural way to have that kind of inner strength because that's really admirable i really really like hearing that you know thanks i I think it was it probably was a combination of everything that you mentioned you know definitely the upbringing we had yeah we were when we were kids and we mom always you have to work till noon before you can go out and play or do your chores and you know so that work ethic or was instilled in us from day one really and just playing sports it was always like well what are you going to do to score the goal or you know make make the next play in order to help you win the game and work work together as a team and and a bit a little of the catholic background and uh and then going to the jesuit high school really instilled kind of that service above self kind of leadership to uh, go out there and serve others and what you can do to live a a good, happy, healthy life. Yeah. And so did that, that role, like that kind of, uh, that religion kind of background, um, you know, you talk in your videos a bit on your Facebook live videos, you know, meditation comes up, um, you'll mention it. Um, Is that something, I mean, is, is the, is the, the Catholicism, is that still something that's with you? Has your sort of spiritual beliefs, has that evolved over this process? Um, or has there been sort of something that you've, you've held on to, um, like, a, like an idea or, or um, a belief or something that's really helped you this whole time? Or has that kind of changed? I would say I, I don't necessarily go to church at all anymore. And so I think that's kind of changed for different reasons. And, but the one belief or the one thing that's, I guess, kind of stayed with me even from back of growing up and until now is, is a phrase I like to use, and that's love in action. And that when you can put love into every action you have, you really can't go wrong and you're doing good in the world to not only help serve others, but just help live a better life for yourself. So I think that's been a little bit of a, you know, kind of mantra of mine that I've followed ever since around high school and that I I always thought has served me well in what I'm doing. And sometimes it's hard to do. And sometimes (laughs) there are moments I might veer from that, but, uh, but it's, it's something I like to keep in mind and the meditation is something that I've more recently gotten into in the last year or two to help me along my journey of getting that fully functioning body back. Yeah. So, okay. I love this. Like opens up all these questions and like, I I love that. So like, let me just ask you first, like the love, love in action. That's like such a simple mantra 
but it is such a profound mantra, I feel like, because what I think about that is there are so many different kinds of actions. There's these larger actions in life. If I think about your, your journey and what you're trying to do in your Facebook live group, that's like kind of this larger, larger action, you know, but then there's also all these like daily actions. I mean, do you apply that love and action to the, this, this whole continuum? I mean, what does that look like on a, on a daily basis to have love in action? You know, you, from, from, from when you wake up, all the things that you have to do to do throughout the day, what does that kind of look like? That's a good question. I don't really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's more of like, okay, it's in the back of my head, you know, that that little sign, love in action, mm. kind of that neon sign is just always on there and and just look to implement it. And I think it's been going on for so many years that, you know, I really don't think about it and, and do my best to just in whatever I'm doing to, you know, incorporate, because how can you go wrong if you're putting love and to whatever action you're doing or whether it's a, you know, little action or a, a greater, bigger action? Uh, because, you know, that, I think that's what, what's the saying? Love is what the make, makes the world go round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot better way, that's for sure, man. I think that's the way it is, you know? It, I guess the world's always spinning, but, man, I'd rather be doing it in love, for sure, you know? But but I, I do got to say that <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's easy to veer off that love track a little, you know, once in a while and, uh, you know, for the most part. But, you know, definitely having good intentions with whatever you're doing as best you can is, uh, you know, not everybody's perfect, including myself. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really great thing to admit. And again, that was one thing I was really enjoying about, like kind of going through your your videos. And by the way, let me just ask you: How long have you has you have you been doing your Facebook Live group? I didn't wasn't able to scroll all the way down. I was curious on how long that's been up for. Just the last three or four weeks. Yeah, so I just really? oh, yeah, I just gosh. just started that whole journey with the the Facebook group. Cool. That's I'm really digging it. And what I I think what I appreciate going back like you know this this thing like this vulnerability is like yeah there's days I you know you talk about you're not always at your best you know you, you may get off to have have something happen during that day or you're having some physical challenges you know um, but I love the way that you actually are talking about it and with a lot of humor you know like uh, and with this humility that like, you know what, this is just what happens. Sometimes we have good days, sometimes we have bad days. And I think it's really, really disarming. When you talk to some, when you're putting that video out there, everybody that's listening to that is, it, it gives us permission to be okay with that within ourselves. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I, think I, I, I think that's, it's good. There needs to be more of that conversation, I think, in our, in our world. Because I think a lot of people out there, especially on Facebook and stuff, everybody's trying to almost like promote just this perfect life and that they're always happy all the time. And that's so unrealistic, no matter what your station in life is, you know? Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, the crappy stuff can happen to us for sure. You know, when we get up in the mornings, something might happen or later in the day, we all have our ebbs and flows and it's, I think it's just how you roll with it, you know, how you deal with it when it, when it comes. And even though I think it's how you, how you make that bad situation or the thing that happened to you, uh, make it something that, you know, doesn't really 
stress you out. Like when I, I guess when I'm, I'm faced with something, instead of activating that stress response and the anxiety or all those feelings that might go along with a, a negative situation, it's, it's just taking that breath in and be like, hey, this is happening. You know, what are we going to do and how are we going to move forward and can make the best of the situation instead of uh, getting caught up in all that other negative minutiae. It, it just pulls us down a rabbit hole sometimes I've seen with people and uh, that it, it just doesn't serve us well in life. Yeah. And, and I, I have a feeling that humor kind of helps you along with that a little bit. It definitely does. I think humor is a great tool for anybody. And I think sometimes in my situation, sometimes people might not necessarily know how to interact with me or anywhere from shaking hands to whether it's okay to give me a hug or things like that. Yeah. Like I have a closed hand. And so when I go to shake someone's hand, I'll extend my hand but then people don't know what to do because it's not open for a handshake sure. right so they don't know whether to grab my hand or some people grab my wrist or uh and if if they hesitate I, i'll just say fist bump for sure yeah that's cool um with uh i I'm, i kind of want to keep i want to ask a couple questions about this early part of your thing because like you're on this journey and like so getting into this and I think it's going to pull us into a bit of the meditation stuff, but like, do you feel like when, you know, when, when, when your mom said way back then, you know, God has a plan for everybody. Do you, do you have any grasp on what that might be for you at this point? Have you figured that out yet? Or is that something that's still kind of in progress? Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that it, it's, I think I have a, I have a, a thought or an idea of what, my plan will be and is for for the future and uh, but at the same time i think with what we think and maybe what god thinks or what what the universe or whoever that divine inf intervention brings us can be a whole different thing and things can happen at any time that might steer us in a different direction so we can always have our our best lead intention and, and plan for the future but like what happened to me it kind of happened in an instant but in some respects it's it was a little ironic and in, in the way it happened uh, the like a week before my injury I always kind of joke with people about this and find it a little bit ironic but also wonder about it is that I was in school going for a physical education major with an adaptive emphasis to work with people with disabilities. Wow. And we had to write a uh, reaction paper, find a couple articles on people with disabilities and write a reaction paper to the articles. And at, at the end of both papers and my conclusion, I basically said, I wonder what it would be like to have a disability. Wow. <laughs> wow. And a week later, <laughs> here I am. And yeah. the the solace from the situation is that I got an A on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny, you know, you talk about, so do you think, I'm sorry, I don't want to jump in here, but do you think that's kind of maybe like God's plan is, is then helping you work with other people that have disabilities or? Maybe, I've, I've been doing a lot of that since my injury. Six months or eight months after my injury, I volunteered working at a camp with kids with disabilities and, and I, it was ironic that I was asked to volunteer as a counselor at the camp here I am only eight months into my body having this injury and you're half almost all these kids have been living with their disabling condition for the for like 10 years in their lives and probably have experienced more things than I have uh, so Ever since then, you know, just been involved in uh, working a lot, a lot with Centers for Independent Living to help people lead more independent lives. And then also in the last 16 or so years with another organization here in Berkeley called the Bay Area Outreach Recreation Program, mm -hmm. otherwise known as BORP, Coaching Power Wheelchair Soccer. Yeah. So you do, is that kind of mainly how you interact then with the, with com, uh, the community that's in a similar situation is through coaching the power soccer and that type of thing now? Through coaching and then I'm on the board of directors for the community resources for independent living in Hayward, California here to uh, help, help the agency provide services to help people with disabilities lead more independent lives. Cool. Yeah. So I'm curious, actually, just going back again really quick to that camp experience, because when you said that, like six or eight months after you have this injury, all of a sudden you're a camp counselor, you know, working with these kids. I, what was that like? I mean, was was that weird for you? Did you learn things from them? I mean, I, that, that would have been, I imagine, just a strange um, situation to find yourself in and maybe a little intimidating on a, on a, on a, on, on a level as well. I think I did more sitting back, watching and listening than I did <laughs> actually, you know, counseling, you know, so to speak. And it was more there in as in a leadership capacity of organization and doing a few things. But I definitely learned more from the kids and the other people around me than I did uh, even probably before, you know, since my injury, just because I've been able to immerse myself with around other people who had a variety of disabilities that allowed me to learn and grow and be able to figure out things for myself and just how to, how to navigate life you know, right. and, and watching others navigate their own lives on yeah. a daily basis. And what a what an interesting kind of um, uh, a humbling experience I would think. Like, like here you're like a college age guy, right? With this uh, probably twice as much life experience as these kids that you're working with, and there you are then the student, right? Like really just being open, like you said, and learning from them, you know how how to do this thing, right? I mean, and and I could imagine that was actually very therapeutic for them as well, just to have someone like you that listening, you know? Yeah, I think. It was, it was definitely a give and take relationship <laughs> where we are, we're all receiving different benefits from just being together. 
Yeah. Um, you know, one thing, it's so funny that you mentioned the neon signs uh, just a minute or so ago. It's, this is one thing I was like talking uh, about with my wife and she, she, we talk a lot about the neon signs of life, right? Like those signs that just, you can't deny, but it's almost like they're sort of pushing your life, you know, in a certain direction, right? Like you just, and, and it, not necessarily signs, but like a conversation that you hear or somebody that contacts you or, somebody that you meet or something. Do you feel like you get those neon signs that sort of help guide your path a little bit and in the work that you do? Definitely. I think the first neon sign or one of the first neon signs for me was back when I was about six years old or so when my mom called us into dinner and we're all sitting around the table and me and my couple other siblings, she asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a professional soccer player and win a world cup for my country, you know? And, and she, she looked at me and my dad looked at me kind of like I was crazy. <laughs> but, you know, she said, what she said to me was profound. And I think, and really goes to, I think a little bit of how I live my life as well. And she said, you are able to do anything you want to do in life. Mm. And she said, but I still want to go, you to go to college and have a backup plan, okay? Sure. That's a great mom <laughs> thing to say, for sure. <laughs> but I think that you are able has, it has stuck with me throughout my whole life and just helping me to have the confidence or the self-esteem or the belief in myself to know that I can go out and do whatever it is I want to do and accomplish it. And, and even being in the circumstance that you're in, you're still able to go do that, right? I mean, play soccer and coach soccer. And is there, is there, is there sort of like a world cup um, type of uh, equivalent for power soccer and that type of thing? Or um, I'm curious if that, like if those kind of connect right there, you know? It, it it definitely connects and yes there is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so have you been to that? Have you been to that event? Yeah. The so I started coaching power I came to Berkeley, moved out from Wisconsin to California at the end of two thousand one and started playing power soccer in the end of two thousand two or, or the start of two thousand two and three months later the guy said, Do you look like you know what you're doing? <laughs> Do you want to coach? Yeah. So I was a player coach because I didn't want to give up playing after I, I, I played soccer all through high school and loved being back in this environment of sports because I had been looking for a sport to play after my injury for 10 years. And there was just nothing that I had found for people who use power wheelchairs. Mm. So after I started playing and then coaching, I got more involved in helping to develop the sport with group of people around the country and we established the national association and the international federation and when we did that they said well we're going to have our a world cup yeah and i said ah this is <laughs> this is my chance oh my gosh and so i said i'm going to do anything to be a part of that team and applied for the head coaching position and got it wow and then a year later, the World Cup was in Tokyo, Japan, wow. and we were 
one of the underdogs. You know, we were probably ranked sixth or seventh going into the tournament, and we won the tournament. Wow. Yeah. And oh my god, that 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 sounds to me like one of those neon signs right there. Just that that guy coming up to you and and seeing you play and even suggesting that. I mean, that sounds like that sets you on a trajectory right there. That first of all kind of fulfilled that vision in a totally unexpected way, right? From when you were six years old. And it's something that's still, I think it seems like gives you so much joy and so much purpose in coaching and playing, obviously, but like coaching, I mean, do you coach, what age uh, do you coach? For power soccer, there is no age range as, as far as who participates on the team. It's yeah. more based on skill and you can be, you know, you can be five years old and just be able to control your chair or I've coached people as, as old as 70. Wow. But right now, like on my local club team and the teams that we have, probably the youngest is 10, I think, and the oldest is around 50. Wow. So you're touching lives of just all these different, different generations, different ages and different life experiences. Yeah. Wow. So Interesting. I want to ask you a little bit about, um, you know, how you got into, you talked about uh, meditation, just kind of a little segue here. Um, and when you, you, what, what kind of, when, when you practice meditation, what does that look like for you? It, it looks like a lot of it's, you know, I like doing it laying down versus sitting up mm -hmm. uh, just because I'm more comfortable that way. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times I like to do more guided meditations. Mm -hmm. uh, one person I've been following and doing some of his meditations is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh -huh. And been following his work and looking to create the life that you want mm -hmm. uh, and becoming that future self and yeah. whatever that is. And a lot of my meditations are revolving around becoming that strong, healthy, fully functioning body to walk and do all those things. Yeah. So it sounds like your future self, whatever that ends up being, that seems like the really the core thing, right? That you, you want to have this healthy, um, capable, fully capable body. That's like your ultimate goal. And, and however, okay. So in one of your Facebook live videos, you talked about, you know, being very, very specific with your intentions. And do you think that's kind of like your specific intention and sort of whatever comes along with that you're cool with um, as far as like where you are in life and all that? I mean, is that when you talk about a specific intention, is that the one for you? Great question. Like at first, I was, when I tell people I was going on this journey, I would say I'm, I want to walk again. Mm -hmm. But by just saying I want to walk again, I mean – what kind of walk do I want to be doing? <laughs> I mean, it could be walking with a walker. It could be walking however, you know. And for me, when I talk about specific, being specific <laughs> is, is really nailing down, well, what do I want in order to be able to walk out? Well, I want to be able to have a fully functioning body yeah. so I can use everything that we were born with to be able to walk and but not only walk, I want to be able to do other things as well. Right. 
Yeah, and you got a good list going. I like that. Now, when you so when you're doing these meditations, I mean, what's kind of are you sort of is it like a visualization? Are you sort of seeing yourself in that place already? Um, what what what's kind of going on? What are, what do you? Um, yeah, what's kind of going on in your mind when you're doing that? Two big things that are going on in my mind is is well, first of all, getting into that like a a place of where I'm just kind of, I guess, out there and putting myself in a place where I have this thought of myself as my future self, and that's walking or maybe doing an activity. One, one recurring thought that I have is, is just me getting out of bed on my own yeah, and doing that and then looking out the window and, and stretching my arms out wide and and then just yelling out the window, hello, world. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I transitioned to walking out uh, a screen door, a patio door of a house on a beach. Yeah. And and then feeling the sand on the, the wood steps as I walked down a couple steps to get to the, the green grass leading to the beach. Yeah. Where, and just feeling the air and the the grass and the sand underneath my feet and and then walking down the beach to meet someone with a surfboard yeah Hop, hopping on the surfboard swimming <laughs> out and then go you know catching a wave and riding the wave back in and and that's one one scenario that I think about when I'm in that meditation of me going through that and then the second thing that besides that thought is that I put some feel some feeling behind it mm. whether it's that feeling could be gratitude mm. for just being able to do that mm. or whether it's love for loving get being able to get up in the morning and be able to walk out a door right onto a beach and uh, go surfing and or just the pure joy of being able to do that and yeah cap taking that feeling putting it be behind the thought in order to energize the experience and really implant that in my mind so that's what i was just going to ask you actually is that um what kind of the the power what the purpose of putting that feeling in it sounds like is just to kind of give it just to uh, make it a more of a universal experience is that right so it's like you're sort of really trying to embody what would this be like? How would this feel emotionally, physically? What would it look like? So it's, it sounds to me like you're really trying to build that experience in your mind so that it becomes your experience. Exactly. It's helping the body to recognize and train the body to say, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to become. And then for the body to tell the mind, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Are you able, I'm just really curious when you're um, doing that, that's such a great visual of you like walking down the steps and that type of thing. Are you able to like kind of get those sensations and that type of thing? How was that experience for you? Like the, the things like that, you know, cause you know, it's been a long time since you felt something on your feet, right? I mean, cause you don't have the sense the, the feeling sensations in that. So how, how is that? that that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. 
It's a good question. The I at the time when I'm going through those motions, sometimes I'll physically work on moving my legs. You know, just going through what the action of okay, I'm moving my right leg down, moving my leg left leg down, taking one step forward, just to start getting my body into that mode of feeling that wanting feeling them wanting to fire and to to activate uh, and then other times i'll just visualize it and see myself doing that yeah i think there's so much and i mean there's been a lot of uh, research on this too about just the power of visualization you know, and, and really focused visualization. So I just want to clarify too. So like when you're, you say that when you, you kind of go through a sequence of like your, your leg moving or something like that, does that mean like, it's kind of like, if, if say you're, you're visualizing yourself walking down some stairs or just walking across a room or something, is it almost kind of like an intellectual of like, yeah, I see my, my leg moving and that's what it's doing to really kind of pay attention to all the little things that are happening. Is that sort of what that, what, what you mean by that? Exactly. It's, it's almost as if I'm willing my leg to move and, okay, I'm moving this muscle to move my leg this way in order to get to the other side of the room and doing my best to feel into that yeah. and to experience that, that feeling and that action. Are you able to, uh, is there any memory of, of, what, of what that does feel like in your brain? Or is it like, because I, 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 I'm sorry to keep going, it's just, it's <laughs> interesting concept you know what i mean and, and i'm just really curious about that there there definitely is memory of what it is like i used to play in high school and college i used to play beach volleyball mm -hmm. so i remember you know what the sand feels like pretty vividly yeah. and yeah. what it's like to walk on the sand and yeah uh, and then uh, same with the grass or running or yeah being an athlete and playing a diff different sports, you know, what it feels like to shoot a basketball or kick a soccer ball or throw a football or, yeah. And those different actions. And for me that, I, I guess that's helpful, right? Because I'm, by knowing what that feels like, then it helps me tell my body and experience within my body that, Hey, this is what, I wanted to do this is what it feels like and go from there yeah I think it would really like um, sounds like it sort of helps like solidify that experience right like if you're just trying to visualize this thing with no sort of basis in like the, maybe the anatomical like way things happen and that type of thing maybe it might not be as complete but you're really like I said again like you're really trying to get that whole picture in your visualization and like every sensation and I mean and I think you said it too like there's even like the, the emotional aspect of it right like the joy the gratitude and that type of thing happening as well exactly um I'm curious uh and I have a little story that goes along with this but I want to ask you um that do you feel like so you're visualizing that for yourself uh in a very intent in intentioned and very um you know very focused way do you feel that you know, other people's intentions towards you, you're, you regaining the ability to walk. Do you feel like those have any, any sort of play in that, in, in, in your success? 
I definitely think that has some play in my success. And I think that's one reason why I started the Facebook group. I'm, I grew up being a team player from being a part of, a, yeah. you know, four kids growing up in a, in a big extended family and, and playing team sports. And I, I've always thought that there's a greater power, you know, having a team. And the more that I've learned and read about different things in, in life and different modalities of doing things that, uh, the the how we're all connected and how a lot of things just energetically are it in some ways you know some people say we're all connected somehow through energy or we're all one and coming from the same place and yeah. exploring that and uh, and you hear different stories uh, and about going from like a, a prayer circle you know people having that focused intention and concentration of prayer for someone or something in order to get better or get through an illness or a rough patch in their life. And, and it works or it has some kind of effect. Yeah. And I don't, I, if you mind, I just, I had this, you wouldn't uh, talking about, it, I want to share this, actually this, this quick story. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, I used to live down the LA area and there was this guy that we were going to see who was a um, highly functioning um, autistic. And um, he, uh, he was like a mime. He started like in France as like a mime and all. He was a very interesting guy. But it, what, part of his, his condition was that he was essentially face blind. So like he didn't recognize people uh, like, it, you know, by looking at my face, he wouldn't really know who I was. But he could tell who I was by the way I moved. For him, it wasn't like an energetic sense. It was, well, maybe there was a little bit, but it was more like, his belief was like we held so much in our body and that the way that we moved our body was almost like a fingerprint, like an, ide an identification. And so through this, he, and, and doing this work is kind of like a, like a therapist on like a physical level. And he was, I remember him telling us this story that he, he worked with like Dick Clark after he had a stroke and all this stuff, but he, he was sharing this, this story of, he was working with this woman an older woman who had had a stroke and she was, uh, you know, wheelchair bound and, and, you know, she was wanting to regain, you know, her ability to walk and all this. And, and sorry, I got some of my eye here. Um, and she, uh, she was coming to see him at his studio and, and he would, for whatever, whatever way he was able to sort of really speak into a, like a deeper part of her psyche and, you know, kind of deal with some of her beliefs and limitations out. Anyway, after weeks and weeks of working with this woman, in her studio, she was able to actually get up out of her walker and started taking some steps, or our wheelchairs taking some steps and this type of thing. Great progress. But what ended up happening is she would go home and she was unable to do any of this. And, and it, was a, it was a mystery. They were like, why, why can I do it at the studio but not at home? And they sort of um, came to this, or he came to this conclusion that, you know, she's living with her husband who, as loving and, and supportive as her husband was, he was holding on to, and not consciously, but he was holding on to this vision of just basically seeing his wife as someone who was bound to a wheelchair because of her stroke for the rest of her life, right? He had that sort of vision of his wife. And it wasn't an intentional thing. It was just, that's just how he saw her. And 
they he ended up coming in and, and working with with them and it was there was so much work around getting him to she could believe in herself but being around somebody who just it's like yeah there's an airplane yeah that's a car that's a tree yeah there's my wife who uh, she had a stroke and she's bound to a wheelchair right so kind of getting beyond that and and bringing out that like really that his vision of the of his wife was actually actually limiting her on on a level and i thought that was so interesting and that's kind of why why i ask you know someone if you are on this mission and you you have such a firm belief you know in your ability to do this and i and i totally i see that and i i believe that and um yeah i think it, it, I wonder if I, I'm not. I don't really have a question there, but I wonder. Like, if, I don't know. Do, does that bring up anything in you? A couple of things it brings up for me, and one I would be remiss if I didn't mention it is when when people say wheelchair bound, I like to kind of flip that and say that for a lot of people, that the wheelchair is actually pretty freeing and enabling at the same. Yeah, yeah, at the same time. Yeah. So just to put that out there. Uh, and uh, like for me, in, for instance, like without the wheelchair right right now, with the way my body is, I, I wouldn't be up and about doing what I'm doing. Right. So the, the other thing that it brings up is that I've had people come to me and whether some people with disabilities and some some people without and you know one person say you know how long are you considering pursuing this you know, until you think it's going to work or not yeah <laughs> oh, yeah and, and because it's it's not like just a month ago that i decided this is what i'm going to do it's it's been about a, a year or a little bit more than a year where i've like where someone, you know, posed the question to me, they're like, Chris, have you ever thought about walking again? Mm -hmm. And then just certain instances in my life happen. You know, it's like those, ne it was a few neon signs came up for me of like asking that same question or saying, well, what about this? And what about that? That took me down that path of, huh, maybe it wasn't, and it happened three, four times where maybe really say, I think this is something I need to pay attention to mm -hmm. and look at pursuing. When I've had another person who has a disability, you know, say to me, you know, you're in this situation, why not advocate and uh, fight for the rights of people with disabilities? and use your, your, your abilities to do that mm. instead of pursuing this avenue of being able to walk again. And, and then other people who have spinal cord injuries have, have said, you know, basically good luck. <laughs> and wow. just because they, they don't believe, right, sure. that, that it's possible. And I've had the most recent, one of the most recent physical therapists that I've worked with uh, about a year or so ago, 
basically said that exact same thing to me. Well, that's never going to happen. Oh. And, then, and then she backtracked and said, well, maybe you have a 99.999% chance of it happening. And, I, and then I kind of laughed to myself and I, and I said, and I think about, well, the, and, and I went and I kind of calculated my own calculations. The odds of me winning a World Cup right. <laughs> are, yeah. probably, are probably worse <laughs> than the odds she just gave me. Right. I'll take those odds and I'm going to run with it. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it, I feel like we as human beings, we have, we have this kind of doubt, you know, of, and I don't, I don't want to use the word miraculous too much because I don't think it is anything miraculous. I, first of all, I just want to share this, that like, you know, uh, my, my stepdad actually broke his back uh, skiing and was paralyzed and he, he got himself back walking again in the same situation, doctors telling him he wasn't going to be able to do it. And he was a, just paraplegic from his legs, but he much like you had just a very, very determined mindset and believed that he could, you know, I think that people sometimes it's like, there's a, they're afraid to be disappointed. I know like in myself, whatever stops me from reaching for like this seemingly unattainable or kind of crazy goal is that like, I'm afraid to be disappointed or something. And that fear, because of that, that fear, all of a sudden I start kind of making these little like, you know, concessions like, well, okay. Uh, well, maybe I won't be able to walk or, you know, I won't, but I'll just, I can at least be an advocate or, or this, you know, you kind of start dropping the bar a little bit or something. And it's like, at that point, you're not even in that mindset to have to even achieve that because now you have that doubt within you, you know? And, and I don't know, I, I, I believe that like, I, I really, really love, you know, uh, like quantum uh, mechanics, quantum physics. I'm a very spiritual guy. And, you know, I wasn't raised Christian or anything, but when I hear stories of like, you know, Jesus walking on water or doing these various miracles to me that what that brings up in me is like, this idea, this kind of quantum idea that like every, everything in the world is just potential essentially. And it's how we're, it's basically when we look at something, it's like potential is collapsing and people have all agreed that a house looks like a house, a telephone pole and all that stuff. But like someone like Jesus or like um, an enlightened being or someone who just has maybe this like a God sort of vision of, of, of the workings of the universe. It's like, the ability to see that potential. And then it's like, oh, maybe there's ability to like sort of manipulate that potential a little bit. You know what I mean? So I guess what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get to with that is like, I think that the belief and the, and the, the, the things that you're doing with like the visualization and all that, I think you're just like kind of building that case for yourself to get past that doubt. You know, I, I've heard things put like, you know, that you could walk on water, if you believed it 100%. But the problem is, there's that little point, you know, 1% of you that doubts. And because of that, you're going to sink. You know what I mean? So, and then if you have these people that are like, making these little concessions, or kind of setting, trying almost like set your bar lower, because they think they're trying to maybe do a compassionate thing and not, you know, make sure you don't get let down. That, that, it's kind of just seeding that doubt. And 
I don't know. I, I, I believe that what you're saying is that that mindset is so crucial and that it's so important that anybody listening to this, I think, realize that like, truly, I, I believe that anything is possible. And especially on the physical realm, I think those are like the most possible things, you know, because we're, we're physical beings. We're like in this material world and our minds are so amazingly powerful. It definitely makes sense. And the more I'm learning about quantum physics and some of those other things that you talk about, it, yeah. the more it seems like, yeah, things are possible. Even I learned about some of these things and other people's experiences and how they've been able to transform their life and recover from different things, whether it be stroke or cancer or uh, whatever that is. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that when, when someone asks, you know, well, why are you doing this? Well, why not? (laughs) Because it's like just a shift in perspective, you know? Yeah, well, for 20, 20 plus years, I just accepted it and moved on. And most of the time when you hear about people recovering, most of the time uh, is that it happens right after the injury occurs. And now here I am 25 years later and, and people are like, well, you know, usually <laughs> it happens earlier. And I'm like, well... I, I'm going to give it a shot because why not? Why not? What, what, what do I have to, what do I have to lose? You know? And it's like this weird, I feel like it's a weird thing. Like people like don't want to be disappointed or they don't want you to be disappointed or something. There's like a fear behind that. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. God, fear thing, man. I think that is, that is like the, that just kills it. You know? Yeah. Uh, And as you know, I think to myself, well, why not? I or why would I want to do it as well? So we're all living longer. And for the next, you know, 40 years that, or however long, you know, I can take care of myself. I can go and explore things that I haven't been able to explore or want to explore again and be able to live more independently or whatever that is. And, uh, and be, be able to be, functioning on, on my own instead of needing five, six, seven people throughout the week to uh, help me out in sure. order to, and so I can get out. <laughs> one of the things asked me, well, what would be, what would be one thing you'd be looking forward to be able to do the most? And I'm like, get out of bed on my own in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so, there's something so cool about like, and this, this is kind of brought up when you were talking about your visualization of like, just getting out of bed and going out to your window and just saying hello to the world. You know, I think there's something really cool about just a small goal like that, you know, getting out of bed on your own. Like that's not, that's not going surfing. That's not dancing. It's not, it's just like, man, if I could sit up in bed, it's, I don't know, for whatever reason, when you say that, it's like, yeah, I, I think you could do that. You know what I mean? It's, it just seems attainable because it's for whatever reason, there's just, Oh, that's just something that, that you would do I mean, I mean it's a simple act you know it's like yeah, you know? yeah um, right right now you know my morning routine it's three four hours yeah and right. and so to be able to reduce that to what 10 or 15 minutes that yeah. you know most people can do the 
three yeses and you know get up and be on their way for the day and yeah. and for me it's it's different and and then people ask well what's the second thing you you would want to be able to do i'm like i'll be able to go to bed whenever i wanted to yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and just lay down and go to you know just be able to lay down and choose when to go to sleep right things that are that people take for granted yeah um is there, you just kind of brought, you know, brought this thing about, you know, people living, living longer and this is, and, and uh, living longer and, you know, lives getting longer. And is there any, do you have any interest in pursuing, like, uh, I don't know if there is any sort of new medical technology or like, I know people are doing thing, new things with like stem cells and that type of st stuff. Are you, are you, con are, I mean, are you interested in those kind of areas at all? Or is it purely like, do you feel like kind of more of this mental kind of, um, you know, mental thing with you where you're really really trying to manifest this for yourself or you know where, where does the medicine and the technology kind of fit with you in all this that's a good question because when researching different things and finding out about uh, opportunities for instance there's a lot of people see and i've seen it on facebook some robotic legs that people i call them robotic legs that people can attach to their legs and then use some crutches to be able to walk right and the people who those are made for are people whose bodies are paralyzed from the waist down and have upper body function so that they can help hold themselves up or with some crutches that kind of thing mm -hmm. but a lot of the technology out there that's being developed is or studies that are being done are more for people who have use of their upper body where full use of their upper body where i don't mm -hmm. and so I, I wouldn't qualify for a lot of the <laughs> the studies or the different things or be able to use those robotic legs yeah. uh, for myself so for me I, I, you know what i find interesting is that mental aspect you know to start with at at the at least is to how can i train my body and train my mind to get back to where i want it to be again yeah. and not only for mental and emotional and subconscious purposes but for physical purposes as well and because like you said earlier it's kind of amazing what other people have done and what i've read of, of what they can do physically with their body and how they people are able to change yeah and, and all the time yeah and it happens all the time that uh, more more and more i'm learning now i i grew up in the medical model <laughs> my right. mom my mom was a medical technologist for 40 years working in a hospital and and she believed what the doctor said and you know and and that's the way we grew up well the doctors you know are telling us what what we need to do and the right thing to do and and in a lot of instances it's great advice for sure and, and at the same time you know not, especially now these days we're learning new and different things and, and growing and uh, and finding out that well there's other ways of doing things and that are possible and i for, so for myself i'm just starting to tap into that and learn about it and 
grow with it and see how I can use that to help my body and help myself to reach what my goal is. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that, you know, like science and medicine and all that have so much to offer, you know, but it's not, it's not a complete picture. You know, I think that there's, and, and I think we tend to rule that out as a society and like modern society, you know, that like, but I think it's emerging, you know, like this, that there's this whole, there's realms that we don't even know. And, you know, the spiritual realm, I think, you know, attempts to tap into that quite a bit, you know, but, um, but just the workings and the power of the mind and, and where is the mind? I think people are even questioning now, like that the mind isn't necessarily up here, you know, like the people have, ta- uh, have looked at like, just even in the heart, but there's this similar neurons in the heart that are in your brain. And actually, and I think, uh, you know, a very, a pretty large concentration of them. You know, so I think that the more, the more we, it's like the, the, the medical, you know, scientific thing, that's just like one slice of the puzzle, you know what I mean? It's just like one part of the whole thing. And it's, I think a holistic approach is, is, is definitely the way to go. Um, so as far as like looking, have you, your meditation so far has been this very big visualization kind of based uh, meditation have you looked into other kinds of meditation uh, uh like that might offer different um physical um you know physical that have different physical sort of attributes to them have you explored any of that type of thing at all i haven't so yeah. you know i'm i'm always uh, i'm well i'm i consider myself a sponge <laughs> yeah and, I'm, I'm curious because again a lot of this came up when i was like watching your videos and like you know these little like things are just going on my mind like oh i wonder if he's heard of this or heard of that um but um how i just want to ask first so like breathing for you like are you able to take pretty deep breaths and that type of thing is that is breathing an okay thing for you breathing is i breathe mostly with the diaphragm uh-huh. and not so much you know, going through the lungs and and uh so it is a little bit different but um but yeah you know breathing is one thing that i've used as a tool you know even through sports just being able to calm the nerves and yeah uh, be able to kind of focus and hone in on what you're doing and also have used that through meditation but i haven't I guess deep dived really into maybe what the breath could do, but I've heard a little bit about how that can be pretty powerful. Yeah, and, and I just want to clarify really quick. You said that you do more of like a diaphragm breathing. Like, uh, what, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? When when I breathe in, it's mostly into like my belly pushing. Oh. Yeah pushing towards the diaphragm expanding like uh your i guess your awareness is kind of more in that area yeah awesome you know i think what it brings to mind um for me there's um have you heard you've heard of like kundalini Uh yep um and the only reason i bring that up i'm not extremely practicing it but i was doing um a form of that many years ago and i do it from time to time now where it's a very concentrated breath a very long breath where essentially what you're visualizing is that you are traveling up your spine, up and down your spine when you breathe. And um, I know for me, um, I had this really weird experience. It was like this very just kind of energetic, weird thing um, uh, several years ago. And 
it when I was visiting in Portland in Oregon and that night my back just completely went out to where like I wasn't even doing anything and all of a sudden I couldn't even walk like I was just like I couldn't barely get up you know what I mean it was and and I remembered kind of like well like where did this what did this happen I was like well what can I do I can't move okay I'm laying here and I started doing this spinal breathing and I'm not making any claims but it actually I mean it it helped me get back on my feet very, very quickly. And there's, there was a lot of spiritual kind of, there's mainly like a spiritual focus on things that it awakens within you. But there was something really interesting in like kind of visualizing myself as like this little pinpoint of light traveling up and down my spinal column. And I'm really curious like how that would be with somebody, for somebody in your situation, you know, because the spine is, it's in such an interesting role for, for someone like you. So that, that's something. Um, and then the other, there's a guy um, out, of the, out of the Netherlands who's really interesting and, he's, and I bring him up because he's got a lot of science and this is actually a practice that I do every day. And he would be someone really cool to look into. His name is Wim Hof, uh, W-I-M-H-O-F. Have you ever heard of him? I have and I've watched some of his videos and Definitely, and even I sent sent an email over there to inquire about the the method and yeah. the, the whole uh, cold. The the he has the breathing part of it, and then he has the cold entrainment of the body part of it. And the cold part is a little <laughs> difficult for me to get for get sure. into and and do. But yeah, the whole breathing part of it, I haven't practiced it a whole lot, but. Uh, it's it's definitely the way he does it and what it does for him is is definitely interesting as well the way he uses the breath yeah and and again the reason I bring him up and I, I just want to you know I'm not like an expert in this but it is uh, my definitely my daily practice so I can speak to it just from that kind of uh, you know basic experience but what I what I do know with that so what I um, first of all when, when I've seen heard him talk about it and I actually have his, and his app that I work with um, daily and have watched videos as well. Listen to some podcasts with him uh, talking at length about it and the science he's been actually studied so much and not only him, but people that he's trained doing this. And a big part of it is you're actually kind of by, you're actually kind of tricking your brain a little bit. And it's a lot, you know, a lot of it's like with the oxygen or the, uh, out like uh, retention of like an out breath, right? So you're just like, you, you're not holding air in your lungs, but you're actually tripping up the circuit in your brain. And I know when I first started doing it, he talked about really kind of, you know, he had some visualizations that go about like this light coming in as you're breathing and that you're actually like kind of breathing in this light and, you know, uh, do with that what you will. But I was very interested in that. And he's talking about that again, in your Facebook videos, you talked about, you know, these tingling sensations and things that you get, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and one thing I, I know, uh, I had like an ankle injury or a knee injury or something like that, where it was, you know, inflammation, couldn't really use it and all this. And I remember while doing these breaths, just really visualizing almost like the light going wherever it needed my body, but almost like kind of focusing it to like my ankle or whatever it was. And then while I'm doing this, like the out breath kind of hold and sitting in there, first of all, I would just notice this tingling around my face and then 
yeah, some tingling in that area. And it's, you know, kind of about, you know, reducing inflammation and that type of thing. And it's a very euphoric state as well. I'm just curious, you know, I'm always like, oh, I wonder how that modality would work. And it's just a really, when I am, uh, I know if I'm feeling angry, I will get into this kind of breathing and I'll do maybe a couple, one or two rounds of it. Just if I'm uh, not when I'm driving, but if I'm a passenger and I'm thinking about something difficult, I'll kind of use it. I say I use it every morning. If anything, it is extremely grounding and it feels really good. So I don't know. I would just be curious um, what effects, if any, that would have, you know, it's, it's just something different, you know? Yeah. I have to look in, into both those things. Yeah. Um, gosh. Yeah. And I know there, you know, there's the, the Kundalini one too. I'd be really interested in that because that one is really focused on like a spine, you know, and then like waking up that, are you familiar with the idea of Kundalini at all? Not, not Kundalini in general. No. Yeah. Well, the idea, and again, I'm, you know, coming from someone who's such a, not an expert in this, but the idea is that, you know, through your spine, this, this essentially this, this central channel in your body, you know, that, that this Kundalini is like this life force, like the life force, and it resides down at the base of your spine. And the idea is through these exercises, Kundalini has all these various breathing exercises is to essentially bring that life force up into your, uh, I don't know if it's like your pineal gland or um, uh, in, basically into your brain. You know what I mean? So, and it's, and it's through just visualization and very, very intense breathing exercises. So it's kind of this interesting thing where they're combining a very, very focused and intense kind of physical. I mean, it's, it's, it's a breathing work, which that's, I was asking if you're, you know, your capabilities of breathing, but you're also, you know, visualizing. And I think you're also working on like kind of an emotional, like spiritual belief level as well. And Oh, there's, it's, I think what makes me, when, you, when I talk to you and why that pops into my mind is it seems like a very kind of being in the spine, it's got like this kind of, a, there's a lot of things going on with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that's something I wish I could direct you to somebody <laughs> with that, but you know, we got the internet, you know what I mean? So. Oh yeah, the internet has everything. So I'll just go there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's cool. So what when when it gets hard for you when it gets hard for you is, are there is is are there people that you can really like sort of lean on um you know to sort of help you to help you are there any special people out there that um can kind of hold that light for you well i think um, when something gets harder for, for for anybody in general you know it's I, I don't. I tend to look at some of the, those situations more of like, um, I, don't, I don't know what what else harder I could face. <laughs> right, right. So, so, so you know, I, although you can always, it, there's a saying. There's always someone who has it worse off than you, right? Yeah. Um, and and you can see that throughout the day. You know, just when you go outside, sometimes you'll see someone who it's like, wow. You know, that guy has has a rough go of it, but at the same time, we all learn to deal with things in different ways. And for me, I think when you know, like the other night, one of my personal care attendants wasn't able to make it 
and called me last minute and said, you know, really sorry, Chris, can you find someone else? And, uh, and instead of ranting and raving, you know, being like, why you called me last minute or, you know, going off on her, just like, well, I hope you can take care of your situation and, right. you know, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I just trust that people are, you know, I give people the benefit of the doubt unless they prove me otherwise. And, uh, and so for me, it's, okay, well, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to go and make a few phone calls and see who can come help me out to do what I need to do and sub in. And, you know, some people might think that situation is like a do or die situation because, oh, I lost my help. What am I going to do? And, and then freak out. But um, I have a tendency who was it someone was telling me the other day like so sometimes they think about how i would handle a situation because i i rarely freak out about anything <laughs> because right. it, it it just doesn't it takes away your your focus or your energy from going the way you want to go and yeah so i mean there are people out there i think the more the to get through tough situations i think or if I need to get through, through a tough situation, sometimes just interacting with people or doing things that you love, whether it's you know, going to uh, coach power soccer or it's going to do a meditation or just going for a walk, uh, just or hanging out with friends and just being around people who uh, you know you like to be around. Yeah. That in itself is things that are, are things that bring me up to a place where, you know, I, I want to be. And so I guess as far as, is there one person or uh, a few people? I mean, there's people I could go to for sure if I needed to talk to someone about something. Uh, but for the most part, most of the time, uh, just just my own mindset of getting through a situation or working through it is what I usually do. Yeah. And, um, are you familiar with the idea of, of a bodhisattva? Have you ever heard that term before? No, I've never heard of it. Actually, it's, it's a Buddhist term. And the reason I bring it up is you, you kind of remind me of this. It's it's actually a very, very high, highly idealized uh, way of being. And, And what a bodhisattva essentially is, is someone who, um, is really, is just ultimate compassion for other people. And no matter what's going on. So the idea of that is like a bodhisattva, right? The idea of like with a, a Buddha is like, you know, you reach enlightenment and then all of a sudden you're kind of free of like the bonds of the world and the suffering and all that, right? Well, like a bodhisattva, their whole thing is they want to get that for as many other people as possible. But they want to actually do it for everybody. You know, before they realize that for themselves, they kind of want to make sure everybody else is taken care of. You know what I mean? And And I think what's, I get that from you a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to embarrass you or anything, but it's like, I get this sense that like people, especially on the Facebook live thing. And I get this when you're talking, like people are kind of looking to you as like an uplifting sort of force. You know what I mean? I, I, do, do you experience, I mean, do, do you have any experience with that? Does that resonate when I say that? Well, I'll, I'll start by saying I don't claim any forms of enlightenment. Oh, of or... <laughs> that's part of it. 
You got like, if you want to be feeling good, come talk to me. You know, you're you're a very humble dude. You know what I mean? I think for me is so one of the things about the Facebook group in for me starting it was one just being able to share the journey and and show you know however that could help someone uh, whether it be the average joe maybe someone who have a, who has an injury or you know someone who's just a bystander wanting to 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 watch or to look in and and i have seen in the in the facebook group like people saying like one person said, uh, oh, this came at such a good time because I need some inspiration before I s get back to my job or something like that and r really helps. And, you know, I, or I look at it, you know, at night before I go to bed or wh whatever. And whatever people get out of it is is great. And I, and I, and I love that. And I think one reason why I started the group, or a few reasons, is one, because uh sometimes you know it's lonely it's a lonely road yeah. when doing something like this or i think as a leader in different situations and you know uh, you know even running a business sometimes it's it's sometimes it's lonely because you're doing it yourself and nice. you're hit, doing the grind and no one's around you unless so that's i wanted to surround myself with uh people who uh you know, would be interested or surround myself with just a little support, you know, for myself and be able to talk to others. And the other thing, another part of it is, uh, you know, I'll, so at some point I'm going to have to do some crowdfunding mm -hmm. to maybe help with some alternative expenses or rehab expenses uh -huh. to, to get on this journey even further sure. because Medicare and Medicaid, they don't like, they don't even like to cover you going for therapy <laughs> right now for you know, more than a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that's just regular, regular old therapy. And uh, so I, and I didn't want to just go out there and like say, Hey, here's my crowdfunding site. Um, give me some money to help me do this. It's a good cause. Sure. Um, yeah, I want to. I wanted to give something back or share. What I wanted to say, well, spread that message of you are able. Yeah. And and because it's something that I'm embodying on my journey, my you are able journey. And so I want to say to others, well, hey, you are able too, and ask, you know, what's and engage people. What is your goal? What's your dream? And how can we support each other? It's not just you cheering me on and supporting me on my journey. It's how can I support you and cheer you on your journey as well? Because that way we can empower each other and just be better all together. Yeah. And that's why I kind of brought up that idea of like that Bodhisattva. Because what's really cool about these the videos that you do on Facebook Live are not very long. I mean, I think the longest one I watched was like nine minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And what's, and that was cool. And I mean, most of the time you're just talking about these great lessons you learned from somebody else. You know what I mean? And, and um, what's cool is that I think what you're giving permission with people and we say you're embodying this part of your journey is that you're showing them that 
there's a choice, the choice to suffer, right? So like you're in a, you're in a situation that is obviously difficult and anybody in that position would be very difficult. And, but there's this thing of like, there's pain and you can be hurt, but then there's suffering and the suffering is, that's where we have the power to not do. Um, I guess what I'm saying is like, say I broke my leg or something, right? It's going to hurt a lot, right? It's going to hurt to break my leg, but it's not suffering until I start weaving all the stories around it, all the things I'm missing out on, all getting down on myself for doing it in the first place or, or whatever, right? I start kind of piling the stories or the, the guilt or whatever on top of it. Does that sort of make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So like, I think what you, what, what's really cool for one is at the start of these videos, you know, especially the ones where you're talking like, man, this has not been a very good day, but you're showing them what it's like to not suffer, even though for any normal human being, it would be totally reasonable to be suffering right? But you're showing, no, this is, I can still be joyful. I can still be humorous. And then what you do is you go around, you flip it around and you say, now tell me about, you know, leave a comment about what you're doing with this. What's your goal or what's your specific intention? And so I think there's so much power that, that you're showing that, hey, you, you are embodying it, right? You, you are embodying that mindset and that ability to sort of flip that mindset and say, hey, no, actually, you know what? I have power over my experience right now. I'm on my, I'm on my journey. The part of it that I can control right now is, Hey, how am I going to handle this situation today? Am I going to suffer or not? And most of from what I've seen, there's not a lot of suffering going on, but you're also not, you're not masking over or dismissing the fact that, Hey, it was kind of a crappy day or whatever. So it's really cool. I think we talked about this earlier. It's like, you are giving people permission, but then it's cool. It's like, Hey, but it's not really about me. Like, tell me about you. I want to hear about you. And there's something that that is such a needed um, thing in our world and our society where there's just so much division, man. And like people feel very powerless. And I, and, you know, I, I think that when you, when you bring up like this, your mom saying this thing, you know, like that God has a plan for you. I don't know. I think this is a very, very tan, like tangible part of that plan. And I think it's your ability to really, really embody like joy. I mean, I, I sense joy from you. You know what I mean? And, 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 but it's not just about you. It's like joy and you want to share that joy. You want other people to be joyful. You want other people coming with you. You want to uplift them. You know, maybe somebody looks at someone in your position, they want to uplift you. You're like, no, how, let's do this together, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, I never thought of it in a way of giving people permission. Yeah. You know, as you put it, and I think that's a, a great way to, to put it. And so yeah. thank you. Thank you for that. And, and I definitely want to bring people up with me, you know, and because, yeah. because like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's a little lonely when you're by yourself and, yeah. and, you know, whether you're, doing something or even celebrate. I mean, can you imagine, you know, winning the world cup and you're sitting there celebrating by yourself? <laughs> happen, man. I know. It's <laughs> like, right. No, it's, you want to bring everybody with you and right. celebrate with everybody. And, right. uh, be because, you know, I think in a small part, you know, everybody you touch or not even everybody you touch or, you know, or reach somehow is, 
is part of that journey is part of that whole thing and for, for me being where i'm at today and being where i want to go and uh and why not have fun with everybody and uh, and bring that joy to you know if it brings joy to people hey more that's that's awesome i love it and yeah what better thing could you be doing really yeah you know what i mean there's so many things that you can do in this world that have you know side effects or or their main main goal that it's it's not bringing joy out in other people you know i think at the end of the day you know what i mean if you look back on your life you know it's like on, on the last day you know what i mean it's like are you going to regret bringing joy to people i don't think so you know what i mean yeah yeah have, has this, you know, that sort of, I want to deep for a second, bring something up in my mind, you know, has this, you know, you, you were raised in like a, a, some religion and that, and that type of thing. Has this experience, I mean, has it sort of, does it have you looking at like your mortality in a different way and, and maybe, you know, beyond your time on this planet? Do, do, does that ever pop on your mind or, or is that just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm in the present? I'm in the present. Yeah. I don't really think about my mortality and what's leading up to it or, you know, afterwards and what happens or anything like yeah. that. I think for, for me, it's all about right now and, and what, what can I be right now and bring and actually bring that future self closer and closer to right now than, uh, uh, you know, and whenever it happens, it'll happen. You know, it, and like, like we talked about a little bit earlier is uh, with some things, it, you know, usually it happens when you least expect it. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how it happens. Well, I think too, that brings in like, first of all, like, I don't know if you guess, like I'm, I'm, I really, I'm a big fan of like Buddhist thought and Buddhist philosophy and, and a big part of that, especially like in Zen Buddhism is really in the moment. Right. And there's kind of, I think that's sort of coming up in our culture around, you know, being present, being in the moment. But the whole idea is that that is, that is the only time when life is happening, you know, and people are so much out of the moment, you know, and, and I, I, don't know, I just think that, again, this goes to embodying your, your, you are able thing. You're not worried about what may happen in all this. It's, it's all about right now. It's all about right now. And I felt like there was somewhere else. I was, I was going to ask you something there and I sort of lost my train of thought for a minute. But, um, oh, I know what it was. That idea of the, the patience that comes along with that. Because if you're in the moment, you know, things take time. You know, uh, plans, plans go awry. The help doesn't show up that, that you need it, right? I mean, and, and things happen when they least expect it. it, it that, that patience, is that has been something that you've had to practice quite a bit of? It definitely is. I think before my injury, I had pretty good patience. Mm -hmm. And after, I definitely had good patience <laughs> or, or developed it just because uh, so sometimes things don't always go as planned or being having to rely on other people, you know, in certain ways that, uh, you know, being able to work with people in their own um, and they have their own way or pace of doing things and right. and being able to adapt to like I have six or seven different people working with me and everybody has a different personality and a different pace and a different way of how they like to do things and and being able to adapt and switch and and be patient and learning 
not, not only me being patient with them, but also there's a certain point as well where they're patient with me. And so it's everybody uh, doing that to the, to the best of our abilities. And uh, it definitely comes into play when uh, being able to navigate, navigate life in this way. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I just, I, when I'm bringing these things up, you know, it's because I, I see what you're doing as being a very, very powerful thing. Because I just speaking from myself, right? Like this idea, these ideas you're talking about, being in the moment, having this patience and this trust and all that. Um, being in the moment, I think, is something. And, and um, when we get anxiety, when something happens that we don't expect, you know, I'm going through something like that in my life right now. There's something that's out of my hands and it's thrown my life in a completely different direction. And there's so much unknown surrounding it, right? And so I think this is the case with many people, but just for speaking for myself, what ends up happening is this idea that, first of all, there's a lot of worry that happens. Like, how am I going to figure this out? Right? Like, and just, and like the plotting, the planning, the, the trying to just make something happen, almost like force it, like force my life into a different direction or, or, but it's out of my hands in the first place. And then the other thing that happens is the anxiety that kind of comes along with it. And, really the remedy for that, and this is a remedy again, like in Zen Buddhism and that type of thing is just the idea of coming back to now, you know, and there's uh, I was listening to another teacher and she brought up this really amazing point or <laughs> this really cool thing. We're like in, uh, I don't know if it's like Chinese or something, you know, they have like the pictograph characters, right. Of like their writing and like the, the pictograph for, or I think that's what you call it. Um, uh, for the word for busyness for them essentially I think it kind of equates to something like soul killing or heart killing or something like that which is what to me that tells us like to get back to life and I'm not saying don't be busy but I think what it what it gets to is that busyness that we do when we're trying to figure something out we're trying to get to the next thing and it's so hard to just be here you know because I know you're a busy guy, but I get the sense that whatever you're doing at that moment, that's what you're doing. You have this one task and you're gonna do that task. Oh, it's time for the next task and you do that task. Is that, is that an accurate sort of description of how you approach it? Most of the time, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I find myself like, you know, I'm thinking about that thing and doing this other thing at the same time. And sure. So it, it affects you as well, that, like, that, so, yeah. It's. Well, sometimes one of my personal care attendants will give me a hard time in saying that I'm the king of multitasking uh, when, I'm, yeah. when, when I'm getting up because I'm laying in bed, I'm getting stretched out, the TV's on, but I'm not really watching the TV, just yeah. more she's watching it, and then maybe I'm on the computer or the phone you know, working on something to, to get something done at the same time. And so, so it's, you know, I don't, I'm doing multi, I multitask once in a while. And, and yeah. so I'm, I, I fall into that, but, but when there's, when something's important, yeah, it's just, this is the thing I'm doing. I'm going to take care of that. And, and I think the less you think about something and the more you just, 
do it and complete it or dive into it and just focus on it and not worry about all the things of how or when or why or yeah. uh, all those things because on this journey i don't know how right. <laughs> i don't know how it's going to happen you, you right. know i have i'm going to be doing some things that i believe will help right and are they going to are they going to be the ultimate is this one meditation going to be the one to get me over the edge or um i don't know but you know i'm i'm just no you know i just know that this is my destination and i'm i'm on the on the path to get there where that path takes me it could be a short one it could be a long one windy one we'll find out yeah, I think it'll definitely be windy. I mean, I think that life somehow does this thing where it's like, I know this with me. I'm like, I'm here. I want to get there. Oh, I'll just get there. It's like, no, nah, you're going to go here, take a little time, meet some people, you know? Yeah, that's cool. It's funny. It's funny, like, talking to you. It's, you know, coming back to that. For whatever reason, I think it's, again, it's it's this kind of contagious way that you have um, that almost made me think that, like, for whatever reason, that, unlike any other human being that you're just hundred percent present all the time. I don't know what made me think that, you know what I mean? But like, not to set a false expectation, but I just, I don't know, I think that you making that point though, of like that presence, you know, and, 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 and that philosophy, you know, I think is really such a simple, but really profound way to live, you know? And, and again, you have to embody that because not only do you not know the, the how, but you don't know the when or really the why either. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I may have an inkling of why and maybe what I think is the purpose and why I'm doing it or is that, is that the real, is that the end all reason? I don't know. Maybe there's, there's some other reasons that'll pop up and come up along the way. Do you, do you mind, do you, do you have an, a grasp of that? Would you mind sharing why you think maybe or what the why is? Well, I, I think it comes back to just you are able mm. and embodying that. And I've, I've been for, for years, I've been thinking about, and I've done some speaking and talk, sharing that method, message and doing some coaching and sharing that message and helping people to have that, give them that. I think it all starts with a little bit of hope, you know, hope isn't gonna get us to the end but hope gives us that spark right to to light the fire yeah and and then uh, and the other thing is then getting people to believe in themselves and then believe in others yeah because it's not you know you definitely have to believe in yourself but but then also getting others to believe in you and then for others to believe in themselves too, because like, like we were talking earlier, being at it alone is, is just not where it's at. It's, it's, it's the collective. And then finding a way or developing a path to achieving and taking action to achieve. And I think it's all about that hope, instilling that hope and that belief and taking action to achieve and going down a path to achieving whatever that goal is, whatever that dream is for yourself and and sharing that. And I wasn't sure exactly 
what would be what what's the way to do it or you know it, uh, when I went out and did some traveling to do some speaking it it just was too many logistics and too hard on my body and not not the right thing for me at the time and and then with other things along the way of the way uh, government benefits work and and money and getting income was just colliding for me and and so just figuring out how can I share the message and uh, and then this whole journey of walking again came up for me you know through some other people just posing some questions and yeah. and for me I'm like well yeah this is like this is the ultimate you are able right because it's it's just being able to uh, by start just by taking my mind and my body and seeing how I am able to uh, transform it into what I want it to be and what it was or maybe maybe not exactly maybe it's better maybe it's almost as good physically but you know in into that and I mean that's like that's to me that's you are able at its finest and yeah yeah yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, and I think I, th I think that's just what uh, I think for the, that purpose and that why, I think that's what it's come to for me. And then as I'm on this journey, sharing it like in the Facebook group and, and starting to share it in other ways. And, and then when it comes to fruition is just being able to take it bigger and better and wider and 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 spread that message and that of hope and belief and achieving for not only individuals but a collective and how we can help our help each other help ourselves to achieve things that we want to achieve in the world whether it's uh, you know being able to uh, develop ourselves more spiritually or if it's develop getting getting a, a job or starting a business or or coming together as a group to you know solve a, a global problem mm -hmm. you know even i mean yeah. It, like, yeah it's like it could be anything along that continuum yeah right yeah man you know what chris i we were actually kind of at the end of our time here but what i want to say um is you said something there that was really, really cool that like when the idea of kind of approach, like the traveling and all that, like it wasn't happening, right? Logistically, financially, it just wasn't taxing on your body. There was resistance. And then all of a sudden you have these people kind of talking to you, maybe some of those neon signs light up. And then it sounds like within you, it's like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And I think there is a lot of power to that. I think that just shows that like you there's nothing else you should be doing right now except for what you are doing yeah here. yeah is and when i was just making that decision i even had some other opportunities pop up of like hey can you come over here and do this with us and and i was like man if you only want to come to me like a year ago <laughs> or six you know but but at the same time it, it just yeah you know, i think like you said, it's just like things just those neon signs kept popping up and 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 this 
this just is where I'm going. Yeah. Well, Chris, man, I really appreciate you taking this time to like share your story and your philosophy and, and, and stuff with us. And, um, I just want to ask, uh, you know, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, um, how, how would they go about doing that? Facebook would be an easy way to do that. Okay. And that's, uh, but the Facebook group would be a great way. Come and join the Facebook group and participate and contribute. And that's the title is you are able and then a hyphen Chris Finn, F I N N journey to walk again. Cool. And that's all on, and that's on Facebook. They kind of search that. Yeah. Yep. That's on Facebook. Yeah. That'd be a great way to get a hold of me. Cool. Chris, is there anything you want to say before we sign off here? I think we said it. I think we said it all. You know, and you know what? What I like. To, I just like to tell people that hey, you are able. You know, just with a little hope and a little belief in yourself and others, and taking action to achieve, you can make those goals and dreams come true. And and let's do it together. You know, and help each other out to uh, reach those those things we want to reach for. Beautiful, man. I really appreciate appreciate you being on, Chris. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I, this is my first podcast cool. ever. So, it, you know, it's, I, I love being here with you, Jeff, and love what you're doing and sharing, you sharing all these great stories with, and great people with everybody else and helps, helps bring everybody else's awareness and level up to uh, just live a better life. Man, it's great, the, the conversations I'm having. I'm kind of, it's... It, I'm, I think I'm a little selfish in that way because I'm like, I want to do this because the conversations are amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome, Chris. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome. You made it to the other side. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please subscribe to Mattercast. It's free. You can see the video that goes along with this interview on our YouTube channel at Matter Handmade. You can also go and check out the rest of our goodies at youmatter.com, Y-O-U-M-A-T-R. We really look forward to seeing you at our next episode. And uh, until then, this is Jeff saying peace, have a beautiful day, and always remember, you matter.